Welcome to Let's Talk Sustainability, the Mazars podcast series that explores the evolving sustainability landscape for businesses. In each episode, we hear from experts on a range of environmental, social, and governance issues as they share best practices for building solid sustainability strategies and identify varied and valuable opportunities for businesses. Today, we'll be talking with Peter Cudlett, partner, head of public and social sector at Mazars UK, and Sandra Booman, global head of public and social sector at Mazars based in the Netherlands. It's great to have you both on the podcast. Thank you, Jenny. It's really good to be here. A global pandemic has caused public and social sector organisations to reevaluate their priorities and redeploy their resources in new ways. And almost overnight, we have all had to embrace hybrid working models. We've been reminded of the importance of community, of health and well-being, and the role that the public and social sector plays in all of our lives. The climate emergency has also come into sharp focus. So with this in mind, Mazars UK has created a practical guide aimed at helping senior leaders in the public and social sector to navigate their sustainability journey. Peter, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about the vision for the report and who it's going to support. So this latest piece of research is designed to help us all better understand the challenges that the public and social sector face in delivering social value outcomes and reinforcing their impact and where ESG fits into that. We first did research on social value back in 2019, believe it or not, and clearly a lot has changed since then. And basically we thought it was time to re-look at the area to understand how public and social sector organisations are adapting their social value approaches to the present circumstances. So what we did was we surveyed public and social sector leaders in the UK and ask them about those challenges and opportunities. What is encouraging for me is that the research shows that the sector continues to put social value front and centre of their thinking. We are now at a tipping point where approaches to social value are moving from being transactional and compliance focused to becoming more embedded, much more holistically within the way organisations operate day to day. And despite becoming a common buzzword, ESG is a term that's often used in different contexts to mean different things to different organisations. So what does it mean for public and social sector specifically? Put simply, ESG is a three-pronged framework which a wide range of industry sectors are now utilising to define and describe the non-financial outcomes of their organisations and what they aim to achieve. Specifically, ESG relates to the outcomes within three areas. It's environment, social and governance. Delivering social value has been at the heart of the public and social sector agenda for a long time. And in some respects, ESG is perhaps no more than a convenient shorthand for the social value eaters and practices that organizations have embraced for many decades. However, the recent emergence of ESG in wider public discourse offers a platform for organizations to reframe their social value activities in line with language that appears within the corporate investor and media communities, as well as the wider public are adopting with much more greater frequency. So embracing the language of ESG should give the sector a louder voice in conversations, in building momentum across diverse sectors of our economy, and in turn, accelerate positive underground change in local communities. 
The experience of the past 18 months has put local communities into the spotlight, seen decarbonisation rise up the local agenda, it's prompted organisations to re-evaluate their relationships with stakeholders. So there's a lot going on. Which priorities and outcomes are you seeing public and social sector organisations focus on? Thanks, Jenny. Well, let me start by saying the time was right for the sector to draw attention to their social value and ESG goals and achievements. I believe passionately that there's a window of opportunity to demonstrate genuine leadership. The leaders in our survey were bullish about their impact during a time of crisis. Just 11% of those surveyed believed that private enterprise has done more to deliver social value outcomes than the public and social sector. And when we asked them about the most important strategic priorities for their organisation, enhancing the health and well-being of local communities emerged, not surprisingly, as the leading priority. It was cited by 53% of those surveyed among their top three overall priorities. This was closely followed by technology, innovation and digital transformation. And the third highest priority was perhaps, again unsurprisingly, mitigating the impact of COVID-19 on service delivery. Despite their ambitions, respondents were also very pragmatic about their ability to achieve change within these challenging conditions. Half, 51%, recognised that COVID-19 has inhibited their organisation's ability to deliver on social value goals. That's really interesting. And in Sander, over the last couple of years, we've also witnessed a series of unprecedented global climate events. So from extreme flooding in Germany and China to forest fires in Greece and the United States. What do you see public and social sector organisations doing and intending to do to reduce carbon emissions? So important events are raising um, the importance of the climate emergency on the global stage. For example, the United Nations COP26 climate conference last November, as well as being taken seriously at a global level, decarbonization is also rising up the local agenda. And in many countries, we see local governments, social housing organizations and educational organizations take their responsibilities to reduce their carbon emissions and renewable energy sourcing and electrification of fossil heating of their premises are examples we already see. Our report shows that 95% of those surveyed agree that the public and social sector must play a leading role in tackling climate change. However, aspiring to play a leading role to tackle the climate emergency is just a starting point. The public and social sector organizations need to take bold next steps to translate their aspiration into real commitments towards decarbonization. It's concerning, therefore, that to see a significant gap emerge in our research between the number of organizations aspiring to lead and those that have set themselves decarbonization targets. You know, whereas almost all, 95%, see the opportunity to lead on climate, just 41% of the public and social organizations surveyed by Mazar say that they have a net zero goal today. And I suspect that we would see a similar response in other countries. Local governments need to drive intent to action across the globe. And workforces have been put under significant pressure throughout the pandemic, maybe nowhere more so than in the public and social sector. They've had to maintain essential services at a time of crisis. 
And with the staff in the sector already doing so much and under so much pressure, Peter, how are organisations able to engage their staff on social value and ESG? Thanks, Jenny. I think it's a really interesting and amazing question, you know, one that we really need to get right as a sector. Given the experience of the last 18 months, it is surprising that our survey results show that public and social sector leaders are quite anxious about their ability to attract socially engaged talent in the future. Only a quarter of those surveyed say that public and social sector organisations offer an attractive career option. And with this, with a clear mission to improve social outcomes for communities, safeguard health and well-being and reduce inequalities, public and social sector organisations should really be a natural fit for a socially engaged talent. We often hear that public and social sector organisations find it difficult to compete against their private sector peers on, on employee remuneration and financial benefits packages. Our research has shown that employees now factor in a wide range of considerations when assessing the attractiveness of a given employer. Elements like flexibility and work-life balance, career prospects and the opportunities to impact a wider social purpose are all key. The pandemic and other global events have only accelerated these trends. Public and social sector leaders really do need to be bolder in advocating why the sector should be the destination of choice for socially engaged talent. You can hear there's a great ambition from the public and social sector to achieve social value outcomes. But how should organisations go about making the changes in these areas? What steps do they actually need to take to achieve genuine ESG impact? We always encourage an organisation, and especially those tackling ESG from scratch, to take the Mazar ESG Digital Health Check. So our self-assessment tool, it highlights the gaps in current ESG provision and compliance against regulatory standards. And the result of this diagnostic provides a good basis to then engage your organization stakeholders in developing an ESG strategy. And it contains five steps. So first, materiality matrix. Your ESG health check may identify many potential ESG gaps or priorities for your organization and identify which areas of focus will have the greatest impact and which are quick or low cost wins. So then the second stage, um, the business model compatibility. The second step is to consider whether your organization current strategy and business model is compatible with delivering your ESG priorities or whether certain activities will prohibit or slow progress towards these ESG goals. The third step would be ESG governance. Um, You need to put in place a governance structure with clear accountability for achieving progress on ESG goals. Without the appropriate governance structure, many organizations find their ESG efforts stall soon after launch. The fourth stage would be pilot and implementation phase to move forward piloting the implementation of your agreed ESG action plan. And fifth would be measurement and KPIs. You know, the fifth element of an effective ESG strategy is tracking progress. And it's vital to, uh, to have some mechanism in place to measure what this progress is made and how quickly is it being made. 
So it's really important to remember that ESG is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It requires a long-term organizational commitment to translate ESG ambitions into action and to continue recording and sharing progress. That's been really interesting. Thank you both so much, Peter and Sandra, for joining us today. And for those listening, you can find the report by visiting mazars.co.uk and searching Demystifying ESG, a pathway to enhance social value outcomes in the public and social sector. Thank you for joining us for Let's Talk Sustainability. To keep up with this series, subscribe on your favorite podcast app or go to mazars.com.